next episode, I'm interviewing Dr. Claire Kay, who is a former portfolio GP, but has left clinical practice to turn her hands to multiple projects. So I met Claire during BMJ Live in October, where she was leading a panel on portfolio careers in primary care, and I was leading the same session, but in secondary care. So it was really great to connect. And here we'll talk about how she got into coaching her thoughts on how to move into medical education and so much more. I hope you enjoy the episode. So hi, my name is Dr. Claire Kay. Um, I'm a former uh, portfolio GP and executive coach specialising in career development. Um, I say that I'm a former portfolio GP. Um, I've been a GP for 16 years and I've had a super varied career, um, including a huge amount of medical education. I've taught undergraduates, postgraduates, um, I've helped set up BMJ Masterclass GP Update courses, BMJ Live. I speak on these courses. I chair the courses. I also do lots of other things. So I've been a CPC inspector. I've worked in media. I've done short films. Um, and I also work for a health tech company. But one of my biggest passions is uh, being an executive coach specializing in career development. Um, I am qualified and I also a member of the Association of Coaching and I offer one-to-one coaching and also team coaching and facilitation of away days and this is one of my biggest passions and I feel that it's something that is super exciting on all levels both for myself and for my coaches and the the transitions uh, one of my big things is looking at how people are transitioning in their lives um, not knowing what the next step should be, not knowing which route to take, which path to take. Um, and it's incredible to be able to support somebody in that journey. Um, so that's one of my biggest areas that I've been developing and looking at recently. Okay, so that's quite a varied career path. I, will, I would like to ask you, like, what drew you towards having a portfolio career? So um, when I first started out, which was a long time ago, it was kind of the, the given was that you'd go to med school, you'd do your junior years as a junior doctor, and then you'd choose what you wanted to do, and then you'd follow that career. And as a GP, it was kind of expected that you would qualify, then you would become a salary doctor, and then you become a partner. And when all my friends around me were becoming partners, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. I've got so many things that I want to do like do I want to go straight into a partnership so I decided not to and I started doing bits and pieces in the practice um, like teaching medical students for one of the partners who was busy and I suddenly just was like oh my god this is so brilliant my Wednesdays I'm spending all day teaching and it was I just felt so excited and motivated and it started to occur to me not only did I love medical education but I really loved the variety in my week and as my you know, life changed, I had babies and you know, got married and all sorts of other things happened in my life, I suddenly started to realise that I could shape my career around what it is that I needed at that particular point in my life. Um, so I started off doing you know, eight sessions as a salary GP, which was great, but I could feel myself just getting a bit, just wasn't me. And then the more I did other things, the more kind of into the clinical side of thing I, I got because I was kind of very into everything I was doing at that particular moment rather than feeling like oh gosh it's just another day so for me the variety really kept me motivated and kept me interested and also sort of spurred me on to find new things to do and to explore new opportunities 
So how did how did you find those new opportunities? Was it the case that you went searching for them or was it the case that perhaps you'd seen something and just thought and just followed that interest? So now I know how to network and I would say I search and I network my way into opportunities. Then I didn't really know what I was doing and a few things landed on my lap and that's kind of springboarded me into things. So for example, from the medical education side of things, I remember when I was on my GP training scheme, the trainers said, right, well, you can, if a few of you want to get together and put together a summer program, you can, and then we'll have a summer program. If you don't, then we, we will do something else. So a few of us got together and we put together this summer program. And that was really my first experience of setting up a course. And then I had um, an, another sort of course experience, if you like, is a, a friend said to me, oh, you know, should we, should we put something together about, you know, some respiratory rehab? This was years ago before um, that was kind of a thing. And we'll put it together for like young GPs and it'll be a whole course that we can put together. We put it together and it kind of didn't work and we hadn't really thought through the funding and it just was a bit of a disaster. But then he was asked to go and do something for the BMJ and he couldn't do it. And he said, OK, do you want to go along? Because I've been working on this project with him. So he knew that that was kind of an interest of mine, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. And I remember going to this meeting and I had a six week old baby. I didn't really even know what my name was, never mind what they wanted me from me. And I sat there and I was like, I, I don't understand quite why I'm here, but this is really exciting. And from there, doors and doors and doors have opened and opportunities have opened. So I suppose at the beginning, I didn't, it just landed on my lap and it just kind of showed me that there were opportunities out there. But then I kind of looked at what was happening and started to realize that actually networking was the way to make things happen. And that's what I've done throughout my whole career is networked. And actually, I, don't, I think I've only ever applied for one job. All the other jobs I've done, I've got through um, sort of speaking to people, opening doors, getting advice, etc. So you uh, moved, you've told, sort of told us how you've moved into working with the BMJ. Um, how is it that you came about sort of helping to deliver the BMJ masterclasses and the BMJ Live? So I said to you before about that I went to that meeting and then from that meeting, BMJ Masterclass GP update courses didn't exist. Um, they then said to me, oh, we're thinking of setting up these courses. Could you meet with whoever it was um, and you know, just see what you think? And then suddenly from there, um, a few of us put together the, the first Masterclass courses. That was, oh my goodness, this was in 2006. And then I've just always been involved in the development and the growth of the courses and I've always spoke on them. So whilst I was doing clinical work, I would speak on clinical topics. I've chaired the, the events for years um, and which has been brilliant. I've totally loved that. And the um, now more recently BMJ Careers has merged with BMJ uh, Masterclass and we've been producing BMJ Live, which I know you were part of, which was great. But I suppose my point is that everything develops even when you think it's you know you're just doing one thing for years actually it's all changing and developing and it's about springboarding from those opportunities I think it's amazing that all of this sort of sprung from that um respiratory rehab that you set up that you said kind of flopped exactly that and is it's so really and that's really good isn't it that some a failure because everyone always says oh failure leads to success and you're like does it but actually it really does like you because I learned so much from it all going wrong and not having a clue and not understanding what I wanted or how it was going to work and just being really naive and I learned everything and if I hadn't have done that 
I would never have my friend say to me or highly unlikely can go can you go to the meeting I can't go do you ever see yourself sort of coming back to medicine in terms of um working as a practicing GP um that's a really interesting question um I am very passionate about medicine and I loved everything about it um the only reason I stopped being a doctor um is because I am very I'm a perfectionist and I need things to be as good as they can be in all aspects of my life that's just how I roll and in medicine I found that I could do that when I started out being a GP but I found in latter years it became really hard to do that um partly because of the structure of the NHS and partly because of my personality and partly because um of time restraints and things like that so for me the frustration came that I was only being partially or was it felt like I could only be partially as good as I wanted to be so I, I miss the wonderfulness of being a GP I think there are huge challenges but it's an incredible career I miss my patients I loved my patients and the connection I had with them I was very much a patient advocate as, as most clinicians are um, so to answer your questions, will I go back? No idea. And I'm perfectly comfortable with that. But I'm perfectly also very clear that I don't regret a moment of my career in medicine. And that's what springboarded me to be where I am today. And I think that's OK, too. I perfectly accept the fact that I may go back. I might not go back, but I, I value each moment rather than thinking, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Or I wish I hadn't done this. In terms of how someone who hasn't sort of qualified in terms of being a GP or a consultant, how do you think they can start to, let's say in terms of medical education, start to enter that world? So, well, there's two routes in my mind. The first is to sign this, go down the more traditional formal route, which is get a qualification, and work your way up the more traditional channels. I don't know much about that because I never did that. I kind of learned on the job. Um, so I took every teaching opportunity that was out there. I taught, you know, when I was on the wards, I taught, I taught literally anybody that would let me teach them on anything. Um, and I got as much practice as I could. And I watched people teach. And the people that I admired when they taught, I looked at what it was. I was very analytical about it, what it was that they did that was brilliant. So, for example, there was somebody that um, who taught, who always made everything, even the most complex things, seem super simple. And I remember watching them and going, oh, my goodness, that's what I need to do, because I saw the reaction in that. So then I put, took that skill and I used that, so I taught undergraduates for years. And I, I did that with my undergraduates and it was fascinating the response that I got. And as a result of that, I won loads of awards and whatever. And actually I was I didn't do anything, I just made everything simple, but that's what they needed in order to help them understand. So I would say advice for people, if you wanna get into medical education, you can do the formal route, which I'm probably not the best person to advise on, but the informal route is just get out there and do it and watch and learn from other people and, Teach yourself basic skills like, you know, the simple things like if you're doing a presentation, make sure that it's logical, make sure that you explain what you're trying to achieve, make sure that you achieve this at the end of it. Those so so simple things. Most people know that and probably teach you to suck eggs, but just and watching the brilliant speakers and watching the brilliant teachers and think, OK, that's what they did. I'm going to start to amalgamate that. How did you get into coaching? So. 
my when I trained as a GP, um, my trainer was very into um, something called the narrative approach, which is like this consultation model based around people and their stories. So, and it's very much a coaching model, even though I didn't really understand that at the time. My consultation style as a GP has always been very coachy, if you like, um, sort of looking at questions that will help patients to work out what they need and what they want. And then, um, so my passion kind of grew for it when I started to speak to people who'd had coaching and sort of explained it to me. And then I had coaching myself and I just found it transformational. I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I actually know what I want. I know how I'm going to get it. And I know how to take it forwards. And so I trained as a coach and it is, I, I feel like it's um, incredibly, well, it's, it's, a, it's a, an amazing way to help people, but in a different way to how I was helping them before. Uh, so around a different topic, if you like, but it's coaching is all based around um, looking at what people want and helping them to set goals to reach their own potential. My special interest in coaching is, uh, is particularly career development mm -hmm. and um, transition. So I, most of my clients will be either at a point in their career where they're really not sure what the next step should be or what they should be doing next. Um, or they might have run their own business and they're like not sure how to develop the business further. Or it might be somebody that isn't working at the moment who's desperate to get back into work but doesn't really know what area would, they should get into. So I do a lot around transitions, a lot about work-life balance, um, but particularly career development. And um, it's really fascinating because people never know what they want. They think they have to go to coaching and sort of say, well, I want X. But the whole point of coaching is to work out what you want. And then that allows you to take the next steps in whatever area it is that you want to go into. Is there anything else that you sort of see in your future plans? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never sit still, Zainab. <laughs> I've got lots of exciting things happening. Um, yeah, no, there's loads of things. Um, some of it's in development. And, and, and as I kind of practice what I preach in the sense that I'm, I've got loads of fingers in loads of different pies at the moment. And some of it may come and some of it might not. And that's totally fine. Um, there's lots around coaching. There's lots around education. Um, there's lots of other things going on. Um, but it's about exploring those channels for me and working out what's going to be the most exciting and satisfying and useful for me and for other people. So watch this space. There's some stuff happening at the end of November, hopefully, um, which isn't quite ready for sharing yet. But uh, yeah, there's just some really exciting stuff coming your way. That's exciting. Oh, exciting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for anyone who's interested in coaching or wants to contact Claire um, over Instagram, her Instagram handle is Dr. Claire K underscore executive coaching. And just to reiterate, Dr. Claire K um, helps medics and non-medics as well. So do feel free to reach out to Dr. Claire K. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure, Zainab. Thank you so much for having me. Lots of thanks to Claire again for joining me on this episode. Let me know what your thoughts are and feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram at mindthemedic or my blog at mindthemedic and I will speak to you soon on the next episode.